are back. Welcome into another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. Early podcast this week coming out on Tuesday, November 1st. Happy November to everybody out there celebrating. I don't have it yet, but uh, come tomorrow morning, I will have my nice mustache for the entire month. Um, wow. Alongside Teddy Pristache, I am Blake Pace. Before we get into everything Jets related in the news this week, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same with the YouTube channel. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I am at officially Spring Blake. I made the change. I told hey, you last week. Hey, an at change. At Spring Blake with so four it has A's three A's. Four A's? Four. Yep. No one's ever going to find you, brother. I think one was <laughs> taken, and then I believe two was taken as well. And I think my Instagram has four, so I just kept it the same there too. But make sure to follow us on there. Uh, We got a lot to get into today. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Jets' uh, loss to the New England Patriots, 22-17 to at home, which then opens up a conversation into Zach Wilson. We'll also talk about some Elijah Moore stuff. And then we'll look ahead far in advance to the upcoming uh, game uh, where the Jets will host the Bills. But before we get all to that, Teddy, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm wondering... So Movember, you uh, you do a mustache for November. Mm-hmm. Does that replace no shave November, or is that like kind of yes, the same? Those thing? are two separate things. Okay. No so shave you November. Don't do you no don't trim November. anything. Did no, you yeah, used yeah. to do that? Was that used to? Um, be a thing? But here's the thing: I would do that, but I would do that when, and I still you don't have, have a nice beard today. Hair? But I didn't. Yes, it did. was even worse. So it was like yeah. one of those ones where, like, early on, you're like getting the peach fuzzes off right. the side. It's like if I did it. You, you can grow you can grow <laughs> a little a little bit but yeah it's like it was like freshman year of college or sophomore year of college it's like i'm gonna let the peach fuzz out for an entire month um and now funny. i just switch to the mustache because i think it's funnier and it's and it's creepier yeah whenever i try to only have a mustache that's what grows in the least and then hannah <laughs> just yells at me so i end up you should it. do you should do it you should go have a mustache for the entire month <laughs> yeah that would be something that i would i don't know how to let i would like present myself at work just looking like <laughs> but but yeah so yeah i'm doing all right happy halloween to everyone out there um oh, yeah. we're recording on halloween night you know got some trick-or-treaters at the crib nice. and uh yeah i mean worst worst week to be a jets fan of the season so i guess i'm excited to talk about it yeah i guess this would be the 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 worst it's been. I mean, the, you know, the losses yeah. before you could always chalk up to just be like, well, we had Joe Flacco in there at quarterback and it's a, you know, Andrews on the offensive line. That Ravens loss was pretty crippling, but it was one of those ones where it's like, what did you expect? But yeah, I guess you would yeah. say it's a pretty rough one. It's the first, first Zach Wilson loss, you know, so it's the first one that feels like the real team, you know, that we, that we have the hopes and dreams for. And mm-hmm. I also, I mean, I kind of was talking about it last week on the podcast, but and I was kind of telling everyone going up to the game that I would talk to about it. Like this was the first game that felt like it had stakes because mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, I mean, here we are and it didn't go well and it kind of really hits home. Like, okay, this is still not where we need it to be because it's, you know, the game against the big brother, the Patriots, the division rival, who's honestly not as good as they've been. Um, you know, all the games before this and granted we did win them. So it's kind of like not the same, but you did. I didn't feel that same pressure where, you know, I was kind of like, all right, well, I mean, if they lose this one, it is what it is. This one, while I was probably less confident, it still was that like, this is where we can really 
like if we win here, it actually is saying something, you know, so go out there and take it. You're at home and, you know, they failed to do that. Um, Zach Wilson obviously failed to not play quarterback poorly. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where we are. But but yeah, this game, it really did. It was the first one that felt like it had the big stakes to me. And because of that, the come down was real, was real difficult. Um, and I, it was the first. I mean, it's a familiar feeling going back, but even even the first two losses of the year, I didn't really feel that. And it was the first kind of like you just sit there watching the four o'clock games and you're like, I don't even want to watch these because the Jets (laughs) are so bad. And that that's that's how I felt. So, yeah, this was this was the toughest week so far by by a mile. And it stings, too, because it was one of those where, you know, you first off the hype building up into it, you go the all black uniforms, which were fantastic. Looked fucking Oh, yeah, great. the helmet's Loved awesome. Loved the all-black. The helmet was great. Yep. Um, it, the game starts off well. Zach Wilson, for all things considered, first two drives or first few drives, you're like, hey, this isn't going bad. You know, you get up to a lead. You're like, hey, we're we're in this. Oh, yeah. like, we are going to be in here. Um, and then it, it, the the come down was even worse because it was like we – it wasn't one of those games where just from the go the Patriots were better. It was True. like they gave you hope there for a little bit of that game, and then it came falling apart. Um, obviously there's a, a bunch of different plays within the game where you can look at and you're like, man, if we don't have, obviously everybody's harping on that, uh, roughing the passer penalty takes away the, the interception. Um, and then it, there's just those plays that we'll get into Zach specifically in the few that he had too, but, um, it was just like self-inflicted wounds also just mixed in with the fact that like this team, for what we wanted it to be leading up to this week, knowing the injuries, knowing the circumstances, what was at stake. It just, it was a very deflating game uh, or result for the New York Jets. Definitely. And yeah, it, we, we'll obviously talk deep on, on our boys Zach Wilson, but, but even just thinking about the team as a whole and how we performed. Um, I mean, clearly that, that roughing the passer, which, which no part of me was sitting there saying like, that's a terrible call. That's a ticky tack no, call. I mean, it's clear, you know, and, and when you're a fan of a team, you always end up wanting to say, Oh, that's a terrible call, but it really wasn't. What hurt about it is obviously we would have gone up 17 to three and it's not like it was like a defensive pass interference that resulted in the interception, you know, like the interception would have happened without the roughing the passer. And then we would have gone and been up 17 to three and obviously, you know, people want to point to that and the rest of the game goes how it does. You can think what you think. I, I mean, clearly that changes the entire game and it changes the game plan of the Jets, which we saw play out. Um, and that was just a tough pill to swallow because going up 17 to three with 20 seconds or 40 seconds left in the half, it really would have changed that game. Instead, you're up 10, six, you let them did they get a they didn't get another field goal but they ended up scoring to start the second half my biggest takeaway with this game from that moment on to me it just it really felt like the Patriots didn't have to do all that much it really felt Mm -hmm. like the Jets were just giving them the game Zach Wilson would give them the ball with a turnover or whatever would happen and then they just get a couple plays, not even really do much on our defense, kick a field goal. I mean, that, that was the story all day. So, yeah, really, it was just self-inflicted wound, self-inflicted wound. And it didn't even feel like the Patriots had to beat us because we just went out there and said, you know what, we're going to beat ourselves. And so 
it, it just that that was really disappointing that you know to me the team kind of played fine but with the quarterback play just kind of sinking the ship that that really is the story of the game to me yeah and and new england executed their game plan perfectly in my opinion and i i don't want to say that you're ever starting off a game just saying like yeah we're gonna let you kind of dice us up in the first quarter you know they were passing the ball very well early on garrett wilson i think finished the first quarter with 87 88 receiving yards or maybe it was the first half he had two for 77 in his first two so that's what i, yeah, I remember but I I think he got past a hundred by halftime and maybe had yeah. um, 88 in the first quarter. So they were, they're moving the ball through the air, but it almost seemed to that point where the Patriots came in knowing how the jets wanted to operate on offense. And it's through the run game. It's through establishing the run. And there was not much to do in the ground game. Michael Carter, seven carries 26 yards, James Robinson, five for 17, Ty Johnson, two for six. Um, and so, you know, you're, you're allowing the jets to step away from what made them so good this last month being a run first team and obviously losing the talent in itself too. There's also that gap that you're, you're just not going to make up for. We know from the beginning that losing Brees Hall, you weren't going to be able to make up for a hundred percent of that with these guys that they've got instead. But despite that, they were letting kind of the game flow. They kind of, the Patriots almost allowed the jets to get out of their own state of this is how we're going to win a football game until new England got the lead. And then it was like, now we're just going to make life miserable because you can't run the football when you're down. You can't. And, and now we're going to make life difficult for Zach Wilson. We're going to disguise a bunch of shit in the back end. And we're just going to hope that he makes a couple of dumb mistakes. And he definitely did. So, you know, I, the new England Patriots to me, aren't a, they aren't like a great football team by any means of the imagination. Like offensively, I thought they looked pretty lousy for, you know, the second or third week in a row now. Um, especially after how they looked against the bears on last Monday night. Uh, but defensively they, they, you know, that's their bread and butter. And, and, you know, it was crazy to see how easily the bears ran down their throats that past week to just how lifeless at times the offense looked, especially in the second half there. So um, New England did a good job adjusting week to week. Like we said, Bill Belichick adjusts his defense like no other uh, in the league. This team can look so different on a week to week basis. And at the end of the day, it just it they they allowed New York to get outside of themselves. And then when it came time where Zach needed to be the guy, they just were like, well, we're not going to let you be the guy because maybe you're not the guy, which Teddy. You want to talk about Zach Wilson? We can talk about Zach Wilson. Anything, anything it. else with the game before we get into Zach? No, no. Other than just rehashing the same things, but. They, they really, they beat themselves is really what the story was. And, and and what you're saying about like the game plan and, and, you know, not being able to run the ball, having to rely on the pass. I think, you know, clearly, obviously going back to that play, once, once a game goes from 17 to three to 10 to six, that's, that's what a 10 point swing, 13 point swing, something like that, 10 point mm -hmm. swing. And to me, it really did feel like the Jets, once we got into that second half, and clearly, you know, the Patriots were stopping the run. So that's probably why it did kind of feel like we were just like, let's just only pass, you know, and obviously they're down, but it's not like they were down multiple scores most of the game. Um, so I guess that is just like a little note, like I would have liked to see more balance throughout the game, especially the second half, just because of um you know, the struggling on throwing the ball. But with that said, I mean, we were 
you know, run on first down, get stuff for two yards. So it is kind of like, how do we want to just put ourselves in third and eight, third and seven situations? So I get it. And, and I, and I don't think I'm, I'm just saying this because along with the criticism for Zach Wilson, I've seen criticism for Michael Fleur. And I mean, sure. You could say the balance is one thing, but, but overall, I mean, I don't think, I don't think a lot of this blame can be put on the offense coordinator. I think most of the no. blame falls on Zach Wilson which again makes this a really tough pill to swallow because of what, you know, this, this league is about. And so I guess with that, I'm done and we can talk about Zach Wilson. Yeah. So our boy, number two in his second season, four and one. Great start. Four and one. People forget. Four and one. QB wins. That's a stat. Um, on the year, he's completing just under 55% of his passes. He's got a thousand yards so far this year, three touchdowns, five interceptions. Just for comparison, I wanted to look at a 13-game pace for that since he played 13 games last year. Um, so that's 2,724 yards, nine touch or sorry, eight touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Compare that to the, his rookie season. Um, so he's at 54.9 completion percentage. Last year was 55.6. Not 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 improvement. Um, it's it's just about the same. I'm not going to say that he's gotten worse because it's, it's right there. Uh, 2,335 yards. You're saying, okay, he's on pace to at least throw a little bit more this year, nine touchdowns and 11 picks. So he's on pace to throw fewer touchdowns and more interceptions. That is not what we call improvement in football. Is it not Teddy? No, no, it's not. Yeah. You go further into the numbers. He's being picked off on 3.5% of his passes, which is something I like to take a look at. Cause you're like, Oh, five interceptions. Matt Ryan's got like nine or 10 already this season. He's been benched. Um, but I think when a team that is very run first interception percentage is a, a pretty significant number. So his 3.5 is fifth worst in the league behind Justin Fields, Jameis Winston, Kenny Pickett and Mac Jones. Mac Jones has the worst at 5%, um, which you're looking at. You're saying, hey, look, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, same class. Kenny Pickett's a rookie. Uh, Jameis Winston's been benched for Andy Dalton. Um, he also has the second worst quarterback rating in the league behind rookie Kenny Pickett. These are not numbers that you want to see. And when I watch Zach Wilson, I'm not seeing the improvement that I think was anticipated over the offseason. And I'm not seeing the improvement that was made from the beginning of his uh, rookie season to the end of it, um, especially when it comes down to decision making. The interceptions are inexcusable. I have never played any bit of competitive football. I have no idea what goes on in, in between the ears of a quarterback. Um, when it's when it's just that point of like we can toss it out of bounds we can just toss it out of bounds and give up on this play but there's that last second impulse it's like well maybe we can fit something out here and then it gets picked off i i don't know what goes through someone's head when it happens what for people uh listening i i just started like broke out into a smile and i'm laughing i'm just thinking about the play where i don't know if it was like which interception it was but when he just threw it up and it's literally just one jet and five Patriots. <laughs> like, what are we doing? What what goes through the head? I don't understand any of it. No, yeah, that that's tough. It it, it was tough. And to jump in, when when we're talking about an evaluation of Zach Wilson, the only evaluation you can have at this moment is he hasn't been good enough. You know what I mean? Like like, there's no real way you can point out the flashes. You can point out things at the end of the day, the performance through however many games it's been so far has not been good enough. And we haven't seen the real step up. You know, there were flashes in the Titans game, a couple good plays, but you haven't really, even that you haven't really seen that, you know, step up and, and play 
really well and be the reason your team's winning and have like that amazing game. Inspired football. Right. Right. And I think that that's where, you know, the outcry that you're seeing and that you're feeling is, is from, and I think it's 100% well warranted, you know, like, like that's just what it is. Zach Wilson has to play better. He has yet to play well in the NFL. Um, I do want to touch on the interception thing because Mm -hmm. this is always a big point of contention for me in the Zach Wilson discourse because he has this, um, he has like a reputation for being like the interception guy. Like I listen to the fantasy footballers podcast and they always talk about Zach Wilson throwing interceptions. You listen to uh, uh, part of my take, they call him like Mr. Interception or whatever it is. You look at this stat, 3.5% of his passes in the NFL, he's throwing an interception on. That all clearly shows that what I'm about to say probably isn't as true as I want it to be. But the facts hold true. And the fact of the matter is Zach Wilson has thrown, let's see, 16 interceptions in his career. And seven of those 16 came in two Patriots games. And you also look at last year, all the interceptions came in the first like six weeks, none in the last five or whatever it was. And then this year, you know, his, he had three interceptions this past week, previous four games, he had none. And in his first game, he had two, both of which I believe were at the very end of halves. Like they were just kind of like Hail Marys. I'm not trying to like be the excuse guy, because again, when it comes to the evaluation, it hasn't happened yet. But I do think Zach Wilson has most certainly shown us that he can go out there and not throw interceptions, you know, and he can go out and have games where he's not making those bad decisions. And in this game specifically, I think that's what's so frustrating about it is, is they're not, they're not the type of interceptions that are just like part of the game of football. And you think back to like a a guy like Bruce Arians, right. Who always had these quarterbacks who throw a ton and they throw a lot of touchdowns and a lot of interceptions. And and I'm trying to remember the quarterback. I want to say Kurt Warner. Does that make sense? Was Bruce Arians the Cardinals coach back in the day? He was the Cardinals coach. I don't know if it lined up that way. Let me, I don't know, but there's a story of Bruce Arians and, and a quarterback where he basically goes up to him in the, in the pregame. And is like, if you don't, if you don't throw two interceptions today, you're not, you're not, you're not trying hard enough. Like you're not throwing it deep. And I would, I, it wouldn't be as bad if Zach Wilson was throwing those types of interceptions, but instead it's just, it's the same old mistakes where he should throw the ball away. And instead of throwing the ball away, he just chucks it up and it gets picked off, you know, and they're not even close. It, it couldn't be more similar to Sam Darnold. Like it's not even close the type of interceptions he's throwing where he just rolls out and chucks it up. So while I don't think that Zach Wilson really deserves the interception King moniker, he's like gotten, I think he has the ability. I also think that makes the interceptions that he does throw worse because it's like, we've seen you be smart enough to just throw it away. You threw it away 15 other times in this game. Zach Wilson had 15 throwaways in this game. I think. 15 or 13, something like that. But you add those three interceptions, it's like, 
obviously you don't want to be throwing the ball away 16 times, but do it. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's this weird, like balancing act I play because I do think the interception thing, it's like, he's had plenty of games where he doesn't throw an interception, but at when you need him to step up and make the play, instead of doing that, it seems like he's just like, hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, throw up a prayer because I feel like I have to. And that's a mental hurdle that he just hasn't gotten over, you know, and you see the games where we're up, maybe he's gotten over it, but in the Patriots game, when we're down, you know, division rivals, the team that you have to beat to make any Jets fan truly happy, he hasn't shown up yet. And, and, and that's where it really just kind of like stings and, and is like, what the fuck are we going to do? Yeah, I hear you. Um, just going back, it was Carson Palmer, Cardinals. Carson Palmer. 22 interceptions in 2013. Yeah, he loved throwing interceptions. And then you got the Jameis 30 for 30 and 30 year. Oh my gosh. Big Ben um, back in the day too. Like that was just all, that was all Bruce Arians, all three of those guys there. No, look, I, I think the point that you're making is, is, is right. And I stand on the side of, I'm not in the, we need to move off of Zach Wilson immediately. I, I'm not in that mindset. I probably won't be that my, in that mindset at the end of this regular season. I am of the mindset that I think we've become a little bit too, um, too quick to move off of, of franchise quarterbacks. And I used to be of the opinion where it was like, now this is taking me by them- surprise here. Yeah, I used to be of the opinion when you don't see a guy like I wanted the Rams to get rid of golf super quick. Um, I've, I'm trying to think who else I had. I wanted the uh, one of the Jets to move off of Sam Darnold super quick. Yeah, but I yeah. think we're just seeing it too often now where you're almost just doing the quarterback themselves a disservice with them going into their career thinking I've got two two seasons to really figure this shit out or my career is essentially done. I mean, look, look at the 2000 and. 18 draft class now we're about to finish up three of their careers josh rosen finished after his rookie season sam darnold and baker mayfield probably will never get a starting job again in their careers meanwhile you've got guys that just sometimes take time to develop you know god forbid the bills gave up on josh allen after two seasons and i know that i'm using this crazy other anomaly where josh allen is one of those guys that has really come from a bottom shelf rookie year all the way to the top floor but there are those instances where a guy just needs time to get things to click together. Um, and, and Zach, we've seen the top end talent. We need the easy things, but I said this last year and I maybe even said it on the show when we first started off, I would rather see that you can do the crazy stuff and be like, Oh, well we can work on the easy things rather than a, if I have a quarterback that can only do the easy things, but they can't do the explosive plays. That's when I'm like, your ceiling is capped. You know, Zach Wilson doesn't have a high floor, but he's got a very high ceiling. And so I think that you can sort of elevate the floor. It just is going to take a little bit of time, which is what you saw from Josh Allen early on in his career. You know, just to take a look at the numbers, because, you know, we've now gotten three-ish games out of Zach Wilson against the Patriots. That second one, he went six of 10. He got banged up. He left the game early. But to just take a look at those first three numbers, 53.6 completion percentage, about 200 yards per game, two touchdowns, seven picks, like you mentioned. Josh Allen's first three games against New England, 48.4 completion percentage. So significantly worse, 192 yards per game, three touchdowns, five interceptions. Not good numbers at all. Go through any quarterback that is in their first or second year going up against Bill Belichick. It never works out. It's a surprise that Justin Fields was able to do it the week before. They just decided to run the the ball 50 times, essentially, is how they ended up beating New England. And New England stepped on their own. Um, by throwing a lot of turnovers in that game as well too. But regardless, what I'm just trying to say is like, when you look around the league right now, 
what first or second year quarterbacks give you any excitement or, or hope right now? There's not a ton out there. You know, Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked good this year. Justin Fields the last few weeks has seemed kind of all right. Trey Lance we've seen for a half of a football game this season or a game and a half, whatever it ended up being. Uh, Mac Jones has looked really bad this season. Looked really bad against the Jets as well, too, this past week. I don't think this was one where you're, like, happy if you're a Patriots fan being like, oh, Mac Jones, he got back to his winning ways. The year before, if you want to take a look at – wait, which class was that? Um, oh, I'm getting into my skis here because you've got Burrow and Herbert in their third years, and that, that's where I'm getting a little bit contradictory here. But if you take a look at some of these other young guys in the league, it's just – I don't know. I, I understand that we want everybody to be a Josh Allen or a Mahomes from day one. And there are guys that come into the league and do that. Justin Herbert came in and did that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I, I don't know if Zach Wilson was ever pegged as this surefire can't miss prospect. It was a developmental talent that's got a really high ceiling and you just have to be patient with a guy like that. And I, I feel like just reading Twitter and reading some reporters and there's a few guys in the media right now that are being super hard on Zach. And I understand it because look, this is a team that is winning games. And then all of a sudden you need your quarterback to do well and he's not doing well. Um, but I would just, I would say pump the brakes. I would still finish out the season. I'd still plan for 2023 with him as the starting quarterback of this team. That was a very long rant, Teddy. What do you think? Yeah. And I'm, I'm shocked that that was your takeaway. Cause, because Blake and I try not to really dive into our conversations, but, but that's not where I expected you to be just overall. I mean, I knew you weren't going to hop off Zach Wilson right at this second, but I like the blast of optimism. And I like that we kind of were pessimistic at the beginning because now I don't feel so bad about defending my guy. Yeah. But and again, for those not listening, I'm wearing my Zach Wilson jersey in solidarity with the brother. <laughs> Remind me, I have something to say about Elijah Moore when we get to there. Um, okay. <clears throat> excuse me. Let's get a burning of the jersey video. on. So the YouTube. thing about this Zach Wilson game is like. I said it, I said it before this, this week, if, if we go through you know, this stretch of Patriots, Bills, Patriots, and Zach Wilson doesn't look great, doesn't have that breakout, I'm not going to be all that shocked. That's what I said. No. Why? Because <laughs> those are really good defenses. Right? Yeah. And so just like the, the, the panic from everyone to just immediately say, okay, well, this is clearly not working. We need to jump off this guy. It's it's absurd for the reason that regardless of what you think about the play, regardless of what you think about the talent with Brees Hall and him going down, like we watched four weeks in a row where the Jets were able to win a football game without needing Zach Wilson to do a ton, right? And in those games, in, in my opinion, a lot of times, in the, especially in the fourth quarter, we saw a decisive quarterback who was able to make the correct decisions, have some good plays and get the offense to score, you know, late in games when you needed it. Like those are all facts. So you look at the numbers of the year, you look at how he played last, last week, obviously it's not what you want to see. And obviously you want that to be better, but this is still a guy who is only coming off of his, you know, 18th or 19th game ever played. And, you know, uh, he's, he was just playing New England. Like, I know that we want to beat New England. I know that's a big step for the Jets if we want to be taken seriously, if we want to have a chance to win the division. I get it. 
but I'm not going to panic because my quarterback who's in his second season didn't play well against a Bill Belichick coach defense that has done this to so many people in this league. To further add on to that, without the star running back that has been helping lead the way on offense, without the best versatile offensive lineman on the team right now in Elijah Vera Tucker, you've got the number two wide receiver who got 10 snaps in his game as we'll talk next as like a punishment or whatever it was. And without Corey Davis too. So it's like, where, where, why are we panicked? Like, we should have known heading into this game that after the Jets had to completely adjust their game plan as to how they found a way to win the last month, that this wasn't going right. to go well. I didn't God, think it was going to go well. It's just like you're missing essentially your number two and number three wide receivers, your number one running back, your best offensive lineman. You still have other injuries on the line as well, too. I, I don't know. And that's what makes me the most upset is you're right. This upcoming stretch, New England, Buffalo, New England, the reaction is so bad after this first New England one. I don't even want to watch the next two weeks because I know it's going to be bad. I know the Jets are going to lose probably by a lot to Buffalo and love another ugly game against New England. Which will win. Sure. Well, and and maybe not. (laughs) No, sure. Maybe not. But but it's like this is the NFL, you know, and and and. Where, where I think we're at with Zach and where I think we all should be at is it, it's kind of like I signed up for a ride and maybe it's not or like I'm, I'm watching a movie. I bought a ticket to the movie. Right. And and it's a two hour, two hour movie. And we're an hour and five minutes in. And you know what? I don't know if I like the movie yet. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I might go to the bathroom. Like, I, I don't really like this, but I'm going to finish out the movie. I'm going to watch the ending and I'm going to see how it goes. That's where I am with Zach Wilson. It's like, all right, sure. This game didn't really go the way we wanted it to, but at least regardless of everything, all the context, throw it away. At least we have a quarterback who was able to win us four games is still young, potentially can reach his ceiling, potentially can continue to be coached. Well, isn't, looking like the worst like this whole draft class you you can say what you want about any of the guys no one has proven themselves yet no one has become the guy yet so it's just it's like we're so angry that we're not seeing it but I, I just think it's a disconnect of like Jets fans expectations versus reality like I get after four wins where your quarterback wasn't the guy that you wanted to see we all are like all right let's fucking see this now I get it but that doesn't change the fact that we're going up against we're going up against the Patriots in a week where we just lost three to four of our top playmakers. You, you know what I mean? Like there's all these other things. So to me, it's like, sure, go ahead and say Zach Wilson's played horrible. Go ahead and say Zach Wilson has not shown enough because there's nothing I can say. But to just like punt this guy off a cliff and just be like, I'm done with Zach Wilson when we're sitting here after week eight, it's like, we got nine weeks to go in this movie. Let's see how it plays out. And, and I, I just, I can't emphasize this enough. The, the four weeks leading up to it, how the jets won games, it was a good offensive line play with a great running game. And when they needed to throw it on third down, you know, who was there, Corey fucking Davis. And they had none of that. And it was their first week having none of it. They have to change entirely what their plan is on offense. And they go into a tough defense against a coach that just destroys young quarterbacks. I don't know how you could have 
predicted any other result. I think my final score prediction was what I went 12, 10 New England. So I guess there were more points scored than I was going to give did them credit for. Did you pick New England? I thought you picked I the did. Jets. I did. I picked. Oh, I thought you flip flopped yeah. last minute. Maybe that was the Packers game. I did flip the Packers game. Or two. Yeah. Well, you flipped one. one of them. I was feeling good. About um, but I, I just, uh, I, I, it's, it's so reactionary and like, I yeah. get it. It's when what we're been... doing. I mean, we're making a podcast about it right now. Like, I get that that's the game, but I, I just, I'm not into the the one week. All right, this is my take. I'm just and not into not, that. And we're not saying that he's good. I will go and say Zach Wilson has probably played among quarterbacks this year, probably in the bottom three. I'd say of quarterbacks I've seen play. I would argue to say Carolina has had a worse quarterback performance and then i would say that give me another team and there's got to be another team that's been worse the oh, colts give me the colts give me the colts <laughs> the colts brady oh, and the bucks we did have russell that. wilson no, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're, we're, I'm, I'm talking <laughs> know, quarterback play not know, offensive play come on dude i'm just trying to oh, get in a top brady good. jab come on yeah, i'm just fans Jesus, Teddy. No, yeah, and He's that's been, the thing is, like, it hasn't been great. Sure, I'm fine with anything anyone says good. about any. I'm I'm fine with anything anyone has to say negatively about him, like about his play so far. To me, where it crosses the line is like, Saying I'm not to gonna on. start Mike White. Yeah, no, you're I'm not. not gonna you're start you're, you're definitely not gonna do that. You know what and I mean? Then- and I'm not gonna ignore the some positives that we have seen. Like, I'm not at that point yet where I don't think it can still be overcome. And where's the upgrade? I, I understand that there are a ton of quarterbacks that are, you know, this upcoming draft is going to have a ton. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo will be available via trade again. I don't love what I've seen out of Jimmy G this year. He hasn't looked that necessarily that fantastic. Jared Goff is another name that's out there. But, like, where are we for sure getting an upgrade here? I'd rather spend my first-round pick on a fucking tackle so I can try and keep Zach Wilson upright and reestablish this run game in 2023. So when you look around the landscape, unless Aaron Rodgers just opens his mouth and decides he wants to trade again and wants to play for, you know, Matt LaFleur's brother, uh, that, would that would be, be something. I guess that would be fun, but – just where's the upgrade there no an answer that's a good point that's a good and and to me this whole like draft conversation is frustrating to me because it's like the jets have five wins already you know like think whatever you want about the jets you're not picking jets aren't getting out of this 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 season with less than seven wins they're just not like they're gonna get two plus wins in the next nine weeks so this jets team is not going to be a team that's picking that has a top 10 pick. They're just not, you know? So, so, and, and again, it's like, if we get to the end of the year and Zach Wilson has just done this over and over again, it's like, fine. I'll, I'll be the first to say, let's move on. Let's figure out a game plan. What do we do? What's the best course of action, whatever. But that's not a conversation I'm having now. And, and in no point do I think we're going to have a top 10 pick to pick just our pick. Oh, we'll get this guy who's going to be really great. You know? Well, especially when 50% of quarterbacks, if you go back the last two decades, 50% of first round quarterbacks are absolute bust and out of the league within their first uh, rookie contract, 50%. So where are we, where are we, we're sure that we're just going to take the third best quarterback selected in the 2023 draft. And he's going to be the answer. Like there's, I, I just, no, there is not enough that we've seen out of Zach Wilson to say he is the next quarterback for the Jets for the for the next 10 to 15 years. But at the same time, 
we got to give him a chance to show that. Yeah. I, just, I don't think we've had the opportunity to. You can't say that. And I don't think you can fairly say that Zach Wilson is definitely not going to be at least a starter in the league. You like, you know what I mean? Like there's just still, it's still a possibility. And it's like, the best thing you can do is try to fucking grow this guy and, and figure it out as you go and continue to grow the team. It's not to fucking make crazy moves to do something you can do now. That's not going to help you year or two down the road. Um, I still think the kid can turn it around. I, I would, I can't, I'm not giving up on him after I just Sam Darnold got traded for this year, last year. No. Oh, I thought you were just breaking. I thought you were just breaking some news. I'm just trying to make a point. Sam Darnold (laughs) got traded from the Jets to the Panthers two years ago, right? Yeah. Like, my boys at least got another year and could maybe even get traded after that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Quarterbacks get. Quarterbacks. Did you get a second round pick out of that? Second and a fourth. Dude, my boy Joe Douglas. Fox. Wheels and deals. Yeah. You know what else? You know what Joe Douglas has to figure out right now? Yeah, let's talk about this fucking nutcase. <laughs> We're going to talk about Elijah Moore. And remember last week when I was like, yeah, Blake, there's two ways this could go. And it's either it's either we're going to come out and they're going to clearly get Elijah Moore involved. But it more likely feels like it's just going to be something where they're going to come out, not play him a ton. He's not going to get any targets. And I think something bad's going to happen. Well, what do you know? What ended up happening this week, Blake? One of those two. <laughs> One of those two. Elijah Moore played a total of 10 snaps. I think he had – that's that's a high – I thought it was four. but he had He had eight in – the first half and then i think they put him in a couple more in the second half yeah right at the end yeah i think that's what it was i mean it was clear despite everything they said you know of 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 we're gonna try to get him involved you know saying all the right things we support him whatever it's clear that's not the case you know there's there's there was some reason why they didn't play elijah moore as a starter because the fact of the matter is Elijah Moore is good enough to be on the field. He's good enough to be out there above Jeff Smith and Denzel Mims. And if you don't believe that, then the Jets coaching staff is just contradicting themselves because they just did the same thing with Denzel Mims. And he's now getting the shot in, in lieu of all this Elijah Moore stuff. So there's some reason why, why Elijah Moore did not get the snaps. Now, here's the question for you, Blake. I guess is just why do you think this happened? I mean, a couple options to me are either they just are mad at him and we're like, listen, you caused a ruckus or they actually are trying to trade him and didn't want to risk some type of injury. I mean, where do you land on that? I would, I'm going to go to door number three. They spent all week with him leading up to this game. And I would think, I, I just I can't understand a situation where the, the coaching staff can be looking at the roster and saying, OK, we're down Brees Hall. We're down AVT. We're down Corey Davis. We're not going to get Elijah Moore, probably the second best available playmaker, you know, on the team now. If we're saying Garrett Wilson is number one, which, by the way, 
this fucking sucks that we have to talk so much about Elijah Moore and then is Zach Wilson the dude or not? Because Garrett Wilson had a fucking fantastic game. Yeah, we need to give him did. a shout out there because he was great, he especially in the first half. Things Six fell apart in the second, but exactly. Great fucking game. Shout baller. out Garrett Wilson. He's a baller. He's wide receiver one. I can't believe in my mind that that the Jets, knowing what was at stake here with the Patriots and the advantage to get over, you know, get over the hump of beating New England here, that they they must have just seen in practice a lack of effort, a lack of desire to be there. I just there's there's no explanation why this team couldn't have just relied on him a little bit more. So I think they went into this thinking potentially that Elijah Moore wasn't going to be giving his all in this game against the Patriots. And I think they saw this maybe in practice because we've seen how he's be look, you're you're there's a narrative being painted about Elijah Moore right now between the tweets, between his teammates kind of snubbing him on social media and you know talking about the team mentality and kind of singling him out here as a, as a the character isn't fitting what this team is trying to build here. I would have to think that leading up into practice the entire week that they were not getting the effort uh, that was needed to that warranted playing him in this game against the Patriots because I don't think they were they expected him to actually give an effort out there. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. I I, I would have like what what's the that reason that would for be not something ha- that you know the beat could get a handle on you know, but m- maybe not. But I do agree. I mean it, it, it's it's very it, like questionable. I guess like there has to be some type of reason. That's why I kind of landed on the, I kind of landed on the side where maybe they, maybe they are trying to move him. And I, and while I think the main argument for why you shouldn't move Elijah Moore is, is simply that, um, you know, he's one of the better, more talented players on this team and you shouldn't get rid of, of talented players that you need. But this is a, a jet staff that clearly cares about culture clearly cares about being bought in clearly cares about caring about football, wanting to win games, putting winning over everything else. It wouldn't shock me if Robert Salas pushing at Joe Douglas and saying, listen, if you can get something for this guy, deal him because it's going to do more harm, harm than good. And I, and I think regardless of the reasoning, seeing this play out, is just worst case scenario. And it really does just show you like there is something that needs to be addressed and it needs to be, whether it's addressed by getting Elijah Moore off the team or whatever it is, like there's, there's an obvious problem in the locker room and, you know, it's just kind of lingering there while he's still on the team. Um, And that stresses me out. Well, and but like addressing the problem, we talked about the easy way to address the problem and to mend right. this. Right, the squeaky wheel. Feed him, feed him against New England because he's a talented player. So then to go yeah. against and that, that's I where just, your um, reasoning to say maybe he wasn't giving the effort in practice really comes into play and makes a lot of sense, especially thinking about this coaching staff. Robert Sal is that type of guy, right? Who you don't want to practice hard, you didn't earn it. Then you know we're not going to play you. Um, so I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's out there. I think that's definitely very possible, but it's just one of those things where it's like, God damn, if that's what's going on, like what, what is the correct play from the Jets perspective? Yeah. And even beyond that too, it could just be even a conversations thing. I remember that there was a report in the middle of the week that there was a blow up 
in a meeting between the coaching staff and Elijah Moore. And when uh, LaFleur came out after, he was like, it was just a conversation. Something in that conversation might have just changed the plan for them this week. So I don't know. There is a disconnect, obviously, between the player, between the coaching staff, between the rest of the roster. But you're right. Now it begs the question. We're sitting less than 24 hours away from the trade deadline. If you're listening to this and you haven't listened to it in the first few hours, it's been out. The trade deadline has already passed. Is Elijah Moore on the move? We have no idea. Right now, it doesn't seem like they're going to. So now you've just got this talented player who we thought the easy remedy would just be to get him on the football field. They didn't do that against New England. Will they get him back on the football field against the Bills? Maybe. If they don't, is he just going to sit the entire fucking year? Like, where does this go beyond the point of the trade deadline tomorrow? Because if he's on the team, this is a team that is trying to win games still. And if you want to win games, you want to get your talented players out there. And if Elijah Moore is just holding on to hope that he's being traded, is he going to, you know, change his attitude when he's with the team for the rest of the year? And it's going to be a, Hey, you've got eight games, go build up your trade value. If you want to get out of here after the season, we'll move you, but earn, earn that value, you know, let teams know why you should be out there and, and be worth, you know, a second round pick maybe, or a third round, whatever you can get for this guy at this point. It just, I, it's confusing to me because I would have thought the, the easy remedy would have been to have him out there on New England, which is why I just think they're, their conversations throughout the week must not have gone well. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, it's just, that's where the, that's where it just doesn't make sense. Right. Because, because the, the solutions to this that are obvious are either make the guy happy, figure it out or deal him. And they both kind of just seem like unrealistic, you know, after you bench Elijah Moore and then don't play him at all, and then you already told the guy you're not going to trade him. So now you can either go back on that and it seems like players can just kind of do whatever they want. It's really a lose-lose situation for these Jets right now. And I just don't even know what I'm rooting for to happen. I personally wore my Elijah Moore jersey this week for the game. Oh, yeah. It's my black. Oh, you wore it black for the game. A lot. It's my only black jersey. The Jets wow. were wearing their stealth black uniforms. I put it on. I was fully bought into like, we're just going to get through this. They're going to have Elijah Moore out there. They're going to be getting involved, him involved. And, you know, clearly <laughs> just throughout the game, I just kept being like, they're not even trying to get him the ball. Like they, they don't, they clearly, it was just so obvious that, that and, and in no part was their strategy. Let's get him out there and let's try to get him involved. That did not happen. That's what Robert Salas said was going to happen. That is not what happened. And, you know, post-game, Robert Salas, I think, just said, you know, we were trying to get Garrett Wilson more involved. That truly makes no sense. I mean, <laughs> the comments we're trying to get our so number real. one receiver involved. So our back, our second best receiver actually became our fifth string receiver. Oh. It just doesn't make any sense. That was so um, stupid. Did you see Elijah Moore's <laughs> post-game interview Mm-mm. in the no, locker room? The They're talking to him, and he's visibly frustrated. Um, and they asked him, they asked him, you know, what's your chemistry like with Zach Wilson? And he basically was just like, listen, I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't get the ball. And so whatever's going on, I mean, Elijah Moore has no problem publicly, you know, kind of complaining. and the jets they can say whatever they want it's the same thing that they did with mims where you can say whatever you want throughout the week say the guy's doing well say you're trying to get him involved 
we're all watching the game. You're not trying to get him involved. So there was some reason that the Jets coaching staff said, we are going to take Elijah Moore out of this game plan. A punishment for, for not having the effort. Sure. Valid reason if you want to, but that's not mending anything. We're not making any progress by just saying, Hey, second round pick, who's one of our more talented guys on this team. You're going to go ahead and sit the bench. Like, like that's not fixing anything. And, and it's not good for the team. So, so I just, I really don't know where we go from here with Elijah Moore. If you had to predict traded or not, uh, or this, I don't like know. you said, this podcast, is I guess I'd out. I guess I'd predict not traded. I personally, Same. personally am rooting for a trade yeah. because I just want it. I just want to cut the bandaid off. I mean, yeah, it's frustrating. It's a bummer. What does stink Joe Douglas has shown us he's not going to make a move that he feels like is, is not up to value. Right. Right. So very well, they might just not get the value. Look, Kadarius Tony was just traded for a third and a sixth. Right. I mean, you got to think Elijah Moore has more value than, than Kadarius Tony just from their play throughout their first two careers, injuries, all those things. Mm -hmm. But are you really going to get that much more than a third and a six? I mean, are, is someone going to go ahead and give you a second rounder for a clearly frustrated receiver? Is someone going to go ahead and give you, you know, a third and a fourth or a third and a fifth. Is that enough for Joe Douglas to pull the trigger and lose a really talented guy? That's where I just I don't really is. know. Yeah. Me neither. Um, I will say, and it, it's probably good for us to mention that there have been a lot of trade rumors around the New York jets and a lot of reports coming out that, that they're trying to make a deal. There's been talks that they want to add uh, an elite offensive lineman talks that they want to add, um, you know, defensive players, Bradley Chubb, who the fuck knows if any of it'll happen, but there is some murmurings that, that the jets are trying to make some type of move. Maybe there's a world where he gets dealt in and, you know, trying to get, trying to get some other player and they have to give up less picks. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the best thing to happen is. I just want this to like go away. I want you guys God, to make even saying that though. I don't want to lose Elijah Moore. Like right? No, because like, you're like, not going to get the right value. But I just you're want not. him to be a part of this offense, and he's not. And that no. God, why does everything have to be going to shit? Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um, I'm going to also say not doesn't get traded. I just, like you said, Joe Douglas gets the right value or gets good value for his, his players that he doesn't, that he doesn't lose trades. And I think right now, if you were to trade Elijah Moreway and the return is just picks, you're not going to get the actual value for, for Elijah Moore. Although I will say with Elijah right now, I, there's a, a certain, if you're in the same circle right now with, with Kanye West and Antonio Brown, I, I'm starting to just more like in lose. that circle. He's, he's liking tweets kind of supporting. Yeah. I don't know if that, that was more of a today thing recently. I'm not sure if you saw any of that and started going around. No. He's, 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 he's a little bit on the pro pro Kanye Antonio Brown stuff right now. So, well, this podcast loves Jewish people. I just want to throw that out there. We should Our have the maze on sometime. Yeah. We should yeah. have the maze on. <laughs> I'm Eagles making a and dolphins. Stand. <laughs> Eagles and Dolphins having great seasons. They're tied in with the Jets. Yeah, that would actually be sick. That no, and be and really yeah, yeah. This whole Elijah Moore thing stinks, I guess. Um, but yeah, Garrett Wilson's really good. That part's cool. 
I started Braxton Berrios thinking that was a big brain move, move in one of my fantasy leagues. He got zero points. <laughs> Probably first time all year he's at zero points. Probably. Not involved at all. Didn't want to give him any end of rounds. That's funny. We tried we tried telling the coaching staff to give Elijah Moore uh, the Braxton Berrios touches, and they decided to give Braxton Berrios the Elijah Moore touches right, instead. Right, which is zero. Yeah, Zero of them. <laughs> no, yeah, that and 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 yeah, I guess I, I probably just keep repeating this, but this whole Elijah Moore scenario is just it, it's really has me at a loss simply because I don't know where you go from you're going to sit out a week and then we're not going to play you like like I do. It would it would have made sense. Right. If they said, listen, we're going to give you a week off. We don't think you're in the right headspace. Come back. We'll we'll do our best. You do our best. And then we'll go from there. But again, that's not what happened. And whether it was Elijah Moore not giving his all and them saying he didn't earn it, um, that is what it is. But if that's the case, again, it seems like the best thing you can do is just move the guy. That is really – I mean, I just think about the locker room. I think about the tweets from other teammates. I think about what guys like C.J. Mosley and Quinnen Williams and and Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson like, – like, what is it like for the, the receivers in this room with Elijah Moore right now? What is it like for – for Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore right now, because at the end of the day, awkward, right? Yeah. Uncomfortable. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the, 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 what, what we all hope this Jets team is doing right now is everyone coming together and saying, let's figure out ways to win. You know, let's go out there and figure out what we can do to address whatever we're lacking, whatever we didn't have against the Patriots and what can we do and go out there and win football games going forward. And, this whole Elijah Moore scenario really has us in this place of like a lot of the focus seems to be on that. And I know Elijah Moore's head is not on how can I help the jets win? It's on, you know, how can I get out of here? How can I get more involved? I'm sure that affects how Zach Wilson's feeling thinking, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to balance this? What's the right thing to do? It's just a lot of nonsense that most certainly is not going to help, you know, even if it doesn't hurt, it's not going to help. So I'm frustrated. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because you're just you're you're losing. You can't avoid the injuries. You can you can try your best to avoid these other players just you know sitting themselves out for these reasons or not wanting to be part of of something that they're trying to build here in New York. So you know it's like you're you're losing guys on the field. You're losing guys off the field, and now you've got this mess here. Where look, and this kind of stretches into the trade talks too. Like to me, when I look at the jets this season, I thought, okay, cool. If they can get in as a wild card team, that's a great step in the right direction. You know, you lose the wild card round weekend in a similar fashion, the way the Eagles lost to the Buccaneers the year before it's like, Hey, we made a huge step. This is far and away. Great. But in terms of like making trades to, I, I, I wouldn't sacrifice too much is what I'm trying to say here for the jets, because what really is the ceiling now, when you look at this team, got a banged up offensive line you're missing a wide or your your you know top playmaker in Brees Hall the defense is fantastic but like do you want them to go out there and you know get rid of future draft capital to upgrade the offensive line when knowing next year you're going to have a, a better offensive line in place like how do you kind of look at the Jets approaching the trade deadline yeah I mean with the Jets I I definitely don't think we're in like a win now Super Bowl contender right. window, obviously. And and you can't be when you don't have the quarterback situation figured out. But I, I do see this as a team that still should most certainly view themselves as a team that should make the playoffs this year. I think this is a team 
you know, if it's like, if they go out and they make a move, that's going to make the team better this year. And in conjunction, be a guy that, you know, will help out next year and potentially the year after that, that's perfectly fine with me. Cause I, I, I see no reason why the jets shouldn't continue to try to be as all in as they can this year. And especially next year, you know, regardless of what you want to say about being a contender, NFL teams should be trying to win. You know what I mean? And yeah. So I think it kind of depends on the move. Like if they go out and get, you know, like, I don't even know what I would say because it's not like I'm confident Makai Beckton's going to come back and be fine. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really fine. I mean, if they freaking trade for Bradley Chubb or whatever, that would be weird if they gave up a first round, yeah, but right. I'd, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. I don't know. I still, and, and I guess here we go. I'm going to move off Elijah Moore, but I'm just going to talk about the team and then we can get into this bills game, yeah, but definitely I still, it's, it, 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 it it's again, this like reactionary thing. And I think obviously the Patriots seemed like such a good litmus test because they're in the division. They're not as great as they have been. And it's disappointing to see the jets go out there and not win. And that shows us that the jets aren't as far along as we want them to be sure. It's still the NFL games still happen every week. You know, things that you don't expect to happen, happen every week. Um, and, you know, teams get better and worse. And, and, I, and the Jets going out and not winning this game against the Patriots, Zach Wilson going out and throwing three bad interceptions and not looking good at all and missing throws, that has not, like, completely sunk any of the way that I feel about what this Jets team is overall. You know, I still think it's a very good team and at the very minimum is good enough to win games against average teams that when their quarterback doesn't – lose the game for them, you know, and, and I think at a bare minimum, they're there. And I think that's a great spot to be. And I think, you know, you either continue to get better and hope your quarterback gets better, or you continue to get better. And if you have to make a quarterback move in the future, then that's what you do. But I, I, my, my expectations for this Jets team have not just completely sunk just after this one game. No, they can't. They definitely can't. Let's oh, talk about Teddy. our game against the best team in the league now. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's move on to highlights in, in, in this 13-point underdog that the Jets are at home this Sunday. I was wondering what um, the spread would be. I think this actually is going to be the biggest one we've had this season across the entire league. I don't think anybody has think hopped in right. at 13 and a half here, but that's where and, the Jets are at. Yeah, and you know, if the Jets, if if you flip this uh, this Patriots game with one of the wins – Maybe maybe they they have a little bit recency bias and yeah. that that comes down. But you get you get the Bills who are obviously great, the Jets who aren't as good, and then you add a Bills great win, a Jets terrible loss. Makes sense for the biggest spread incoming. Yep. So here who else we have are, the Bills Jets. played this year? Have they played teams that are worse than the Jets? Um, worse than the Jets, they have played. Pooh. I mean, they played the Packers. You guys beat the Packers. Yeah, but you would expect them to have no. a better spread. Yeah, um, they played. Oh, that's preseason. Okay, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, Steelers, Steelers, Chiefs, Packers, Jets. The Steelers wow. game. The Steelers game. They were uh, ten point favorites. I remember okay. that specifically. Well, and they beat them by thirty five. So I guess. Well, and we here's can't. the. Well, here's the crazy <laughs> thing is like they've played a lot of good teams so far. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, like, what a good ass fucking schedule. They're the this, best. They're a great fucking played. team. Yeah. Holy shit, they're good. Oh, Teddy. Um, you know, 
how much analysis do you really have for this we, one, buddy? We don't, we, don't, we don't need to. We don't need to. This is one of those ones where I feel like we'll get both games in a row now. The Bills are so impressive how deep they are of a team on both sides of the football. Uh, there are wide receivers that pop up out of nowhere. They've got three running backs that are good. The offensive line is good enough. Defensively, they their secondary starters are the best in football, and then their depth guys are also very good. They're big up front, you know, the Von Miller acquisition that they made, AJ Epinesa, Ed Oliver, who was in that Quinn and Williams draft, picked it, I believe, five or nine. I always get that mixed up. But he's been fantastic this year. And then they've got, you know, a top two quarterback in football. I mean, they, they really are just yeah. what they've built over the last four years. Your, your mind is blown of how complete of a roster they have. Like, what are their weaknesses? They don't have a top tier running back. Is that it? Is that what we're going to pick on? One of the least. Evan Singletary is good as fuck. I mean, he's not they're a top fine. tier the running back, but he's, totally he's very good. Yeah. And yeah. James Cook's been, been balling. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, this Bills team, regardless of whether they're playing the Jets or any other team, usually the analysis is going to be, hey, I expect these guys to go in and dominate and win. And that's really what they've done. Um, so it's hard to kind of dissect the game. Obviously. <laughs> You think about, okay, what's the Jets' strength? It's their defense. You're going up against, you know, one of the best offenses maybe ever, or at least they, they kind of have that stigma to them. They're the kind of offense where when things are clicking, it, you really just expect them to go down and score every drive, no matter. It's like the Chiefs in that regard. Yeah. Um where they started the season like a game and a half without punting. Like that's how good they were. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good. And so you think about, okay, let's, let's say this jets team was able to do something defensively and shut down this, this bills offense. Well then, all right, now you need your jets offense to go up against this great defense and make something happen. So, you know, overall it's going to be a tough road. It's going to be an uphill battle. And again, I'm going to say this now because you know what's coming is is even more freak out, even more panic from Jets fans because no one has realistic expectations. The the <laughs> it, it's most likely not going to look very good for the quarterback for the rest of the team, and we're all probably going to sit here and react like the, the sky is falling. At the end of the day, this is the best team in the NFL. I don't expect the Jets to really look all that good against them. It is what it is. You can say that's low expectations, loser talk, whatever. It is what it is. Now, this is what we hope for. We hope, like I said, it's any given Sunday, right? And it's the NFL shit happens all the time. The Bills lost to the Jaguars last year. Who did they lose year. to this year? The Colts? Chiefs no. lost to the Colts. Chiefs lost to the Colts. Who did the Bills lose to? Oh, the Dolphins. Bills lost to the Dolphins. So, all right, that's not that good. But my point is, <laughs> all the time, you know, you think about the Jets over the Bengals, Jets over the Titans last year. All the time, there's good-ass teams that can lose to bad teams. Hopefully, we come out, shock the world. Everyone's writing off the Jets. Zach Wilson throws three touchdowns. The defense shuts them all down. Maybe we win a shootout. That's what we hope for. Obviously, it's not super realistic, but, uh, you know, the possibilities there. Non-zero chance. Sure. Yeah, non-zero, definitely. Zero. Forget to mention as well, too, um, the Bills did activate uh, Tredavious White 
all pro corner off that of sucks. the PUP list. Seems like he might still sit out this game. Yeah. I don't know if that's a dig at the Jets, but he's day to day. I think their secondary has been good enough without him in there, um, which is just hilarious. They've been so good all season without their maybe their best player overall on defense, which is just like, holy fuck. Yeah, you um, really thinking about this, you really just realize how good the Bills are. Every every level of the defense is fantastic. Right. The offensive line is good enough. Okay, Dawson Knox isn't a top five tight end, but you don't need him to be when you've got, you know, Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and, and Isaiah McKenzie. Like, you've got enough weapons. Right. My, my first thought when I think of how can the Jets win this game, what's the path, is it, it, my first thought goes to, okay, well, what are the Jets, Jets bets at? They're cornerbacks. And so you think about Sauce Gardner covering Stefan Diggs, top three NFL wide receiver, and then you think about, you know, DJ Reed covering uh, Gabe Davis, who's obviously been really good. That doesn't get scream confidence for to the Jets. You know, I love Sauce Gardner. Stephon Diggs is a really good fucking player, you know. And yeah. so then you just it's kind of that domino effect from there. OK, even if they were able to shut down the corners. OK, well, then is Josh Allen just going to be thrown inside to Dawson Knox and Isaiah McKenzie and Shakir? Is he going to be running it? Is he going to be running? Yeah. Devin Singletary. And then again, you think about this defense. So, I mean, from a Jets perspective, I, you know, I want to see life. I want to see them put up a fight. I don't want to see them just completely be flat the whole game, but I'm not really expecting a W in this one. Go ahead and give your prediction then. Okay. You're going to, you're going to give them a win. I don't want to give my prediction, but I'm going to, (laughs) I'm obviously going to predict that the Jets are going to win. This is so fucked, but it's true. See, what's this is where like I get in trouble because obviously you try to whatever, like be realistic. And I do want to be realistic, but at the end of the day, like there, it I'm gonna have hope. I'm gonna be sitting there at 12:30 next Sunday, and I'm gonna be thinking in my head, I'm gonna be like, what if we just come out and like score a couple times early and get ahead and really yeah. and we just and it just works out and we win. And that's what I'm gonna be thinking about. And then you're I'm gonna watch the game and I'm gonna get sad. But yeah, if are. the Jets were to win this game, some shit would have to go down. I'm thinking they pull out a win 27, 24. That's just what I say. They pick. That's basically what I pick every week. Just very, you should go put some on the money line right there. Then I'm taking the jet spread. No question. I here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is, this is hard. I do. I just ramble. You don't even get to talk on this podcast. I just ramble. We both do fucking. The thing with this game, this is, this is your therapy session. This I is know. your Jets therapy I just come session. Come on, and I just ran. <laughs> the thing with this game is, you think about kind of what we said about last week in this Patriots game and what it meant, and it could be a really good opportunity to make a statement. And now the Jets went out and they got punched in the mouth, right? And Zach Wilson got punched in the mouth. This is kind of a spot where with the culture that we're growing and, you know, the way this team kind of is and acts, you want to see a Jets team come out with a lot of fight and a lot of dog and just like not give up. And I'd love this would be a great like bounce back spot if we were playing any of the other teams on our schedule the rest of the way. But it's just like it's the Bills. So even 
if you think about like a great Jets bounce back performance, it's hard to overcome the best, most talented roster in the league. One of the best quarterbacks in the league, you know, best, like it's, it's just, it's a lot to overcome, but at the very least, you want to see this Jets team off a loss where we really feel like, you know, things are not where we want them to be, that things are going bad. I'd love to see this Jets team, you know, really come together and at least just like put up a hell of a fight. Would be fantastic. Yeah. Would be fantastic. Uh, I'm going to go Bills 31, Jets 13. I was, I was going to, I knew you were going to say that. Just like a 31 big. 13 is a great, is, I knew the Jets were going to have 13 and the Bills were going to have 30 something. I just knew I could just go 12 and give them four field goals. Nah, I'll go 13. I'll give them a touchdown on the Jets. Don't know how to score field goals, even Zach Wilson will throw a pick before that happens. (laughs) Before it gets to (laughs) God damn it. These next few weeks, just got to get through the next few weeks. Teddy, you know what's standing us? uh, Dude, we're going to beat the Patriots. We're going to beat them. If we don't beat them, the season's a wash. I think that the Patriots are going to start heating up. Um, I I don't here's what I think we've got trash. on the other side. Clip it. We just got to get through Bills, Patriots. Well, oh fuck, never mind. So we get the Bears late November, but then we've got Vikings, Bills. Vikings could be pretend good, Broads. but probably still better. Uh, but Broads. then you finish off Lions, Jags, Seahawks, Dolphins. Lions, Jags, Seahawks, Dolphins. Seahawks, Dolphins. Tough. Pretty pretty tough. But it, it, like this is beat lines, beat Detroit, what the Jets need to do over the rest of this year is continue to stay in the mix and continue to get wins wherever those come, you know, and it's like you lose a game to the Patriots, you lose a game to the Bills. That is what it is. It's about it, it's all the things we talked about last year and it's the low expectations that we gave them. But it's like, do I need the Jets to be the best team in the league? No. Do I, if the Jets roll over now, okay, your quarterback just went out through three interceptions. We haven't been throwing the ball well. Brees Hall's injured. You just lost to the division rival. You lost 13 in a row against the Patriots. Are you just, you're playing the Bills. Then you have a bye. Then you got the Patriots again. Are you going to roll over? And is this going to be another, you know, disappointing Jets season where, damn, this team really is just built on hope and we have seen nothing? Is that what it's going to be? Or are we going to continue this positive momentum? Defense continue to step up, start getting Zach Wilson to explode a little more, get these playmakers more involved. And are we going to continue to be a team that can come to play against anyone and win against anyone? You know, that's kind of the two options. And this, like I said, this last week was the first real game with stakes because this, this could be the game that sends us down that terrible path or, you know, this jet team could kind of continue to fight. And this is the first real adversity it feels like we're facing. So I'm excited personally. I like the challenge, but hopefully these Jets are too. I need Built Braxton Barrios to just become wide receiver one. You that guy's start got him a lot again? of heart. You gonna start no. him again? No. Well, that stupid 16 team league. I got Mike Williams injured. I got freaking David and Joku injured. I got Brees Hall out for the year. I got goddamn Russell Wilson as my quarterback. Shit's not going well for me. No, that doesn't sound like it's going well at all. And when you're in a 16 team league, You'll listen to like a podcast and it'll be like, oh, you shouldn't be starting Russell Wilson. It's like, well, I kind of have to. I have to. (laughs) I have no choice. Nice. All right. Well, we see. Teddy talks about his fantasy team. No one else cares about. (laughs) Like Mike Florio going on. Pardon my take. No one cares about your fucking fantasy team. Oh, all right. Well, Teddy, this was a, a long winded, sad podcast, but 
Um, I was going to say it's going to get better next week, but I, I predict a shellacking. So, uh, Hey, at least we'll get to play the bills. We got the bears in a few weeks. We yeah. look forward to that one. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, uh, Zach Wilson can outplay Justin Fields. We'll see. That would be nice. That would be cool. That that's a good stepping stone. That's a that's a mark. Can he be better than Jared Goff at the week after? How about Trevor Lawrence the week following that? Hey, one and zero against him. Sure. All right, Teddy. Let's get out of here. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to Chasing Sixty Nine. Follow us on Twitter at nyj underscore chasing sixty nine. Same with YouTube. Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I'm at Spring Blake. Uh, how how long do you say Blake to emphasize that there's four A's? Make sure in there's that? four A's. I think spring, it's spring, spring Blake. You kind of have to like. Blake. You would like feel a, it when a, you say it. Spring Blake. It's more of a feel a, a, thing than anything. Because like sometimes it's like spring blank. Well, sometimes you know that, like that, but that's still four A's. You know that comes from that movie that we watched, Spring what Breakers. Remember with <laughs> Spring Breakers oh, that we yeah. watched with Nick and Margaret. It was uh, it was um. Riff Raff, I think. It no, was, I know it Spring was... Breakers. I know the movie, and no, it, yeah. it was it was uh, James Franco dressed as Riff impersonating Raff. Riff Raff. And then yeah, like Selena right. Gomez and Vanessa Hutchins and a couple other girls. That girl from Pretty Little Liars. That movie sucked. sucked. Worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, you know it's a good movie. That's a movie you get Harry up halfway Potter. through. I watched Harry Potter last night. Congratulations! I have the Fire. the Halloween costume had you inspired. Yeah, I also went to a bar this weekend, and all of the bartenders were... It was actually a cidery, not a bar. It was a cidery. But all the bartenders were dressed as Harry Potter people, and um, they were playing Harry Potter on the TV. Like, all the movies just in a row. Yeah, it was pretty sick. Very cool. Usually we save these conversations for after the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.